We are thoroughly supported by the community. Our park sells more annual passes than any other state park. So that shows you right there that you have the support of your Lake Charles area, your Moss Bluff area, your Westlake area, people that come every day to walk the trails, bike the trails, bring their kids out to play, come out and just sit. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard. And I'm Anna Strider. We are excited to bring you another authentic conversation and story about Southwest Louisiana and all that it has to offer. It is episode number 15, and we are giving you more tools in your tool belt to build your perfect Lake Charles itinerary. And it starts this week over at Sam Houston Jones State Park, the only state park in all of southwest Louisiana, and it is such a joy to go see and visit. A lot of new renovations after it reopened less than a year ago. A lot of great stuff going on at Sam Houston Jones State Park. But you know the drill by now. Before we get to that, it's, of course, On V Eats. On the Eats, which we might say is our favorite part, but every part of the podcast is our favorite part, where each episode we go out and we choose a restaurant in the community and we dine, enjoy the atmosphere, our meal, and then we bring you those details here on the podcast. And this week, we head to the beautiful city of Westlake, Louisiana, to go to Jeannie's Bourbon Street Barbecue. Boy, was it worth the drive over the bridge from Lake Charles into Westlake. The drive is well worth it for the barbecue here at Jeannie's. Yeah, it's become a real staple in the community there in Westlake. Uh, they moved in 2014. The owner's actually not from Louisiana and have no connection to Louisiana. They were both retirees that had a passion for food trucks and barbecue and everything that kind of went along with it and how they ended up in Lake Charles. They threw a dart at a dartboard. It landed an inch above Lake Charles and they said, well, that's where we're headed. And they've really fallen in love with the hospitality since. And you mentioned that the owners, Jeannie and Ken, aren't from here. And the first way I noticed is they have a 304 area code and that's West Virginia, which is right up my alley. So I've been meaning to really get over here and check it out and find out what it's all about. Yeah, they call it their largest barbecue trailer in the world. Self-proclaimed there. It's 61 foot long, and it weighs 27,000 tons, and it's actually still part of the building today. They created the building there and backed up their truck behind it, so they're, they, they actually serve their patrons from the comfort of their food truck into an actual restaurant building. And since May of 2016, when they opened the doors of their restaurant, they had spent a long time on the road perfecting their barbecue over the years and their retirement stage before they got here. They focused on making it a unique place and shining a little bit of their passions beyond just barbecue. And one of those is their authentic Winchester collection of different memorabilia and products dating back to the early 1800s. They call it the Vernon F. Meyer Winchester Collection because it is both the owner's personal collections that adorn the walls there from uh, guns to maybe even certain types of ammunition. You see that those portions of it, but you also see calendars and former advertisements and just things that were all part of that Winchester catalog from the late 1800s, obviously all through the 1900s, uh, that really give the building a certain 
history and museum feel about it, which is really cool. They even have a piece of the saddle from Seabiscuit, the racehorse, you know, they made that movie about, so. I mean, does it get much cooler than that? So it is really cool to kind of see that history as you kind of eat some great barbecue as well. And for the owner, Ken, he talked about three being a real magic number for him. And you see it within his food as well as they have three rubs, three barbecue sauces, and three types of homemade pickles that are really the foundation for the barbecue. They call it their triple play for the sauces. They have the original, the smoky, sweet, and spicy, and the sweet onion garlic. One of the lines, and I am going to quote him on this, was, you never put barbecue sauce on your product, and if you are, you're hiding something. And they are clearly not, because they pair each of their barbecue sauces with the entree that's being ordered, the different meat, maybe what side items you get, and it's always on the side. I would suggest definitely eating the barbecue sauce, but maybe taking a bite without it just so you can really appreciate the meat, and then you can really, really appreciate the sauce. Because, look, I'm a dipper, and so I enjoyed what was paired with mine. Uh, Obviously, you know, they've got the traditional outings of what you want for a, a barbecue spot. Brisket, pulled pork, ribs, sausage, smoked chicken. They have delectable homemade desserts. And then they, of course, have daily lunch specials as well. I got the rack of ribs and the uh, and the chicken. Both were phenomenal. The ribs were super, super tender. The chicken, just kind of a half of a chicken there uh, to where you get some white and dark meat. All of it super flavorful, paired so well with the the barbecue sauce that came on the side. I got mac and cheese as well and baked beans. Both were both full of flavor. But the crowning jewel to me of the meal that I had was the white chocolate bread pudding that came after for dessert. I am a huge fan of bread pudding, and it is in the running for the best in town, in my opinion. Their bread pudding, phenomenal. I had to really fight to get a taste of this particular bread pudding because it was that delicious. I, on the other hand, got a salad, but don't be fooled by this salad. It was a brisket salad, and it was topped with peppers, onions, cucumbers, eggs, olives, a lot of cheese. And the best part is if you're a blue cheese fan, as I am, the blue cheese salad dressing was just so potent and the cheese bites and crumbles in it. I mean, I could just get a tub of their salad dressing. And I think it's worth mentioning, too, they're really also famous for their nachos. They have uh, some barbecue nachos that they do the melted cheese and the meat with some barbecue sauce on and obviously plenty of jalapenos. Very, very good as well and a different way to eat barbecue. And it's it's also really good. And I think it's it's one of those things that I think is worth trying for sure. And we got to have a little taste of it. And we did the pulled pork nachos and... They are everything, definitely worth trying. They offer the half and full orders of so many of their different entrees, including the ribs and the nachos. So it really gives you an option for portion size because they are large portions for lunch or dinner. And I want to comment too, we also had a bit of peach cobbler while we were there. Perfect crust for the peach cobbler to go right into those hunks of peaches that are underneath. Very good. I devoured the peach cobbler. Brady devoured the bread pudding. It was a win-win for all. We're clearly doing great on our spring diets here, as you all can hear. One of the great things is that the community has truly embraced Jeannie's Bourbon Street Barbecue, and they have equally embraced the community. And one of the ways that they do that is on every other Monday night, they have a Cajun jam session in the restaurant. And it's one of those times that there's no particular artist that comes. There's no set 
agenda or song list that they're going to perform. It's a bunch of people that get together and they perform and have the camaraderie of being with a group of local musicians and just enjoying the space. And of course, as a customer, we can come and enjoy that and get a little taste of Cajun music. And there's nothing like watching someone else see their passion unfold. And that's really what those uh, Monday nights are about. And I know we touched on it, but the proximity of the restaurant is really divine, actually. It is just three minutes from the brand new Horseshoe Casino and Hotel that's just opened right there. You don't even need to get on the interstate, so you can check it out if you're just stopping in there. Or just a few short minutes from downtown and the state park or even into downtown Lake Charles. So it's perfectly located. It's the first exit if you're heading from Texas eastbound into Lake Charles. It's going to be that exit right before you go over the bridge. Or if you're heading westbound, it's going to be right after you get off the bridge. So definitely stop in. Give it a try and let us know what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome on Tracy Ramey, the park manager at Sam Houston Jones State Park. She's worked with the Office of Louisiana State Parks over the last seven years, moving to Lake Charles in August of 2021. Ramey says she's motivated to help restore the park to its former glory. And despite not being from Southwest Louisiana, I like this line, nowhere else she's lived has felt more like home. And I couldn't agree more, Tracy. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I appreciate y'all having me out here. I'm so excited to share some of all the great stuff that we have going on out there at the park. Tracy, it's such a pleasure to be here with you today. And we talk about it all the time that Southwest Louisiana and Calcasieu Parish really has the best of both worlds. We have our big city amenities and our small town charm. And today we're talking about the great outdoors, which is another piece of that. But before we get started with our conversation about Sam Houston Jones State Park, we're going to ask you a few questions to get to know you a little bit better. Fantastic. Are you ready? Yes, definitely. All right. The first one. Now, these are difficult, okay? Okay. Crawfish or gumbo? Crawfish all day long. Why? I would just say because I'm more of a hands-on person. Got me gumbo's gray, little rice, everything you got going with it. But it's all about the crawfish, man. It doesn't matter what holiday it is. That's what I have absolutely loved about Southwest Louisiana. Mother's Day, crawfish bowl. Easter, crawfish bowl. It doesn't matter. New neighbor, crawfish bowl for the whole get around. So, yeah, you can't beat it, crawfish bowl. We've talked about it in previous episodes that nothing brings people together like a crawfish bowl. You have to be very strategic about who you invite because no one's declining an invite to a crawfish bowl. That, no, that's just rude. <laughs> That's just rude. That's the best answer I think we've heard of why crawfish, because I choose crawfish too. But I'm going to uh, take your approach to that one. Mm-hmm. All right. The next question. Poolside or beachside? Beachside. Is it the nature side of it? It is the nature side of it. And it does not, you know, being a Louisiana girl, it does not mean white sandy beach with the green emerald water. Hey, it's all about the beaches, what you got. Because, it, you know, it wasn't too long ago. I, For the first time being down here, I went down to the little Florida beach. Mm. And it was fantastic. I love it down there. The shells, yes. the ocean, or the gulf. Like, yes. It really surprises you when you get down there. And it was really beautiful because it was nice because it's not on a huge scale. And it is the nature aspect. It's more of a connect for me. I agree. Okay. Our final question. All right. Concert. Or comedy show? Oh, concert or comedy show? You know, I'm a diehard Zydeco girl. Mm. Love some good Zydeco. 
because it goes right along with the culture of everything down here, goes right along with the beach, and it goes right along with the crawfish boil. So, yeah, definitely a concert. And are you planning to attend any of the ones coming up soon? I know there's some Zydeco artists that are going to be at This Is Home Fest. Yes, I definitely want to go because that's the thing is when people come into the park, I always make sure that they know about some of the local events that are happening around the area because a lot, you know, I mean, I would say a good 75 to 80 percent of them are, are from out of town. They're from out of state. So, yeah, I like to experience it, too. That way, you know, you can't really fully tell somebody about something that's going on in the area unless you immerse yourself in it also. That is everything that we do and preach here at Visit Lake Charles. Well, now that we've gotten to get to know you a little bit better, we are ready and excited to dive into the conversation today about Sam Houston Jones State Park. I know this is something that both of us have been really looking forward to talking about and shining some light on because it really it's a gem here in Southwest Louisiana. We are thoroughly supported by the community. Our park sells more annual passes than any other state park. So that shows you right there that you have the support of your Lake Charles area, your Moss Bluff area, your Westlake area, people that come every day to walk the trails, bike the trails, bring their kids out to play, come out and just sit. That's a lot of things that sometimes people just need to come out to do, have some quiet time. Just be quiet and listen to what's going on around you. And it doesn't surprise me to hear that statistic about it being so popular amongst the locals because it's the only state park in all of southwest Louisiana, which covers a large chunk of the state. It is very much so because even going north or either going east, it's about an hour and a half, hour and a 45 minute drive to another state park. Now, Sam Houston Jones State Park is a name that I think is familiar to a lot of people in this area for multiple reasons. And speaking of multiple reasons, I know it's multiple reasons on how the park actually got its name. Yes. Originally, it was Sam Houston Park. And that was from like a Texas folklore hero that traveled a lot of the western edges of Louisiana. But then it was renamed for Sam Houston Jones, a governor that really advocated for that area and that strip of land to be set aside for the public to be able to enjoy, you know, come out and utilize the, you know, air, all the amenities out there. And when did the park open? 1944. It's been open for a while. It has. There has been a quite a few generations that have uh, came out there and camped and stayed in cabins, walked those trails and done everything. That's why there's a lot of pride in getting everything back open so we can have it there for the future generations. And that really makes sense of why it's such a community park when you say it like that, that it's been here and such a staple for so long. But you mentioned getting back open and we know that the park was closed, unfortunately, for nearly two years and recently reopened. We're coming up on one year of that last spring they reopened and it has been such a blessing to have that back in the community. And I know you all at the State Park Services have been doing a lot to uplift the park and provide new upgrades from those that were damaged by Hurricane Laura. Yes, and we were very fortunate and very blessed because even prior to the park opening back up to the public, we had just amazing volunteer groups come out. Uh, we had a group that was called the Year to Volunteer. They are a traveling, it's just like a convoy of RV and motorhomes, people who do it full time. 
They came out. We did not even have the, uh, like, electric or water for them to hook up to at the time. They boondocked, and they came out, and we completed about 12 projects. We had 48 volunteers and completed all that. Uh, we had the huge, huge turnout of the tree planting event. It was us and then Louisiana Conservancy came out. Uh, we planted, I think it was like right at 3,200 trees. And we had close to a little over 500 volunteers. And everybody just spread out like ants everywhere. And within two hours, all the trees were planted. That's the kind of details that give you chills to talk about because we know that there was a significant destruction, but to hear just how everyone came together to rebuild and put this community stable back on the map, literally back yes. on the map, is just incredible. Yes, it is. And it's it's the little things, because still there are areas in the park that you can still tell where the devastation was. But even like this morning, coming around the front to the park and the sun's coming up over the clouds and we got the first bloom on the magnolia trees that the volunteers planted a little over a year ago. That's all my, it's the little things like that that make you just, you know, grind harder every day to make sure that you can do your best to bring it back and bring that beauty back so people can have something for the generations to come because it's a gift that's given to us for a certain amount of time. Even me being the manager, if I'm only if I'm there for 20 years, it's still that short amount of time. So you want to make sure you take care of it and do the best that you can do with it till you give it to the next person. It's something that's always impressed me about state parks are the number of individuals and diverse number of individuals in terms of especially of location of where they're from that visit the state park on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. There's so many opportunities that you guys are really the first line of of welcoming to new people that come in to a different type of visitors. And I just think that's awesome and so amazing to see uh, state parks being used in that way. Yes. State parks are maybe not have always been the most up to date on things, but we in the past couple of years have been taken towards a great direction of being more up to date with stuff. Having more events within our parks. I mean, we're going to have yoga on the boardwalk at the front in the park. So everybody was like, I can't believe it. We've never had anything like this. I was like, it's great. We have all this real estate to do these beautiful things. So we're going to, I'm going to take advantage of as much as we can. And you mentioned new, and I think it's something that is maybe a silver lining from what 2020 was, whether it be the COVID or unfortunately Hurricane Laura and everything that kind of ensued. But it also maybe created a new way of branding Sam Houston Jones State Park, as in new facilities, better upgrades, things that maybe would have not happened are able to now be a part of what you guys offer. And I think nothing really shines through as much as the new cabins. Yes, yes. Everybody loves those cabins. They are the newest and most up-to-date cabins of any state park in Louisiana. All of our state parks have beautiful cabins, but we are we love ours. We um they're the only ones they have screened in front porches with a, a must a view of the river and you have a fireplace on the front porch and then you have a nice 50 inch screen TV that you can sit on the front porch watch the game roast some marshmallows and look at the river all at the same time 
And those, and y'all have two types. Y'all have a, both what y'all call a cabin and then a lodge, which sleeps either eight or 14 people. Yes, we have uh, 10 cabins and we have one lodge. So the yeah, the cabins sleep eight. And then actually the lodge can sleep up to 16. So it's like the equivalency of two cabins. Wow. I know those are always booked. They've got to be. Yes, they are continually booked. But that's why we let everybody know, hey, plan ahead. You can book cabins up to 13 months in advance. So you can go ahead and get that birthday party, that bachelorette party, anything that you want planned, you know, family reunion. It's it's great for families because the cabins are not side by side, but they're close enough in vicinity that, you know, a whole family reunion, they came out and they rented five cabins and they were all able to, you know, get together. They kind of centrally located, had a crawfish bowl. They went fishing on the river. They rented some kayaks and they just had an amazing time. And as they were checking out, they were booking the stay for the next year. That's, that's awesome. what, Yeah, that's what you want to hear. And we've been talking a lot about the great cabins, but those aren't the only upgraded facilities on the property. No, the campgrounds. It was devastating the fact that we did lose 90% of the trees in the campground area, but it was a long overdue upgrades that needed to happen, you know, happen to the campgrounds. So now all of the sites, they're total hookups. They all have 30 and 50 amp electrical. They have sewer hookups. The back ends, uh, like you either have back ends or you have pull throughs. So the back ends are 65 feet long and the pull throughs are 85 feet. So that accommodates what we call these new big boys so that they travel <laughs> with now. And then they have, a, you know, a tow vehicle on the back of it and then usually a boat or a golf cart on the back of that. So it'll accommodate whatever, whatever you want to travel in. You want to do a tent? We got you on that. You want to bring your 45 foot with three air conditioners and four slot outs? We got you on that one, too. So it's whichever way you want to camp. We got it. I'm imagining all of the different outdoor activity toys per se on the back of an RV and that's sounding quite familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a clown car of an RV. Yes. You know, in terms of everything that you have packed in. Yes. Or maybe or maybe a new campaign. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. In addition to uh maybe staying on those spots with a camper or as you said, kind of a tent or even staying in one of the cabins, you also have leaned into glamping. Yes, we have. So tell me, what is glamping? And that's with a G. <laughs> with a G, yes, glamping. Glamorous camping. So Tenter is outside, you know, a business partner with the Louisiana State Parks, and they have these canvas tents. Uh, they're 10 by 10 canvas tents. So on the inside of them, they have a queen-size all-foam mattress. Uh, they got like a little bedside table, uh, they have a camping loo, and then they have a little tent that goes over the camping loo. You can decide if you want to have it in the tent or outside. But they have two really beautiful, like the Aerodontic chairs, and it comes with a picnic table, and it has a fire pit that has the little grill part on the top of the fire pit that you can swing in and out. So it's camping 2.0, like tent camping 2.0. Yeah, I was about to say, it's... When you want a tent camp, but you don't want to have to deal with all the negatives that come with the tent camp. Yes. But like setting you, up in the dark. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You just show up. You just show up. 
That's it. Rain, no worries. It does more. You got a canvas tent. It's got the little windows that flap up, got airflow through. But what was really fun is like a, uh, we, a couple weekends, we had some McNeese students. Because when you, uh, when you get a tent or tent, you also get like a smaller two-person dome tent. So we have a couple double sites. So it's like two of the canvas tents. And then they had two of the like two-person dome tents. So it was like 10 of them, and they all camped together out on like the little point by the lagoon and just had a great time. Took a commune of tents at that point. Yeah. But like as college students, this sounds like my dream. And they're right there. You know, we have the bathhouse right there. They could take a shower in and all that. So you're not really like roughing, roughing it. You know, funny enough, Jillian and I went on a spring break in college to a state park where... We just brought our tent, and we called it Spring Broke, and we uh, had the best time going, you know, camping at a uh, at a state park. And so I could, you know, it just makes so much sense that we have those opportunities here if you want to have your own Spring Broke. Yeah, as, you as can we have your it. own Spring Broke, and you can make sure that you have your fishing license, and you can fish right there. You can start a fire and cook what you, you know, cook what you caught. Living off the land is what we call it. Living off the land. I heated up a pizza on the fire. I was just say living right. off the land <laughs> as it only takes three minutes to get to Rouse's to get you something to eat. <laughs> but I think that brings us to a great point of mm-hmm. the upgrades. And you mentioned the bathhouse. I know that's brand new as well. But the proximity of where Sam Houston Jones State Park is located just minutes from Rouse's, you have a number of restaurants in the area to go crawfish spots as well. In Moss Bluff alone, on the same Houston Jones, like the Parkway, there's four different places you can go get crawfish. That's all of them are excellent. Everybody always says that it was weird to them because they were so close to the city, but it seemed like it was in kind of a world of its own. As soon as you come through the gates, I mean. You don't have to worry about all the sounds of the city. You know, you kind of just, it's just you. It's funny, both Anna and I were talking in preparation for this episode that both of our families grew up going to state parks on the weekends. It was something that we often did. And I was kind of telling her, you know, the way that I kind of look at it, there's something so special about going through those gates because you forget about schedules, you forget about a calendar, you forget about things you have to do and things you're going to do during that time that you've cross through those gates, the only things you see are trees. And the only thing that matters are the trees or the water or maybe what you're going to eat that day or what you're going to do all within the confines of the state park. Yeah. And we, I love it when I see people come in and they, you know, check in at Sam Houston Jones State Park, or they post something to the, you know, their Twitter or their TikTok and you get hashtag Sam Houston Jones State Park. But I love it even more when you see people who kind of put their phone away, Mm -hmm. be in the moment, Especially we're kind of on that the bird migratory path. So you can go out there and see cranes, herons, all different species of birds out there. And we have the river otters that play around the boat launch about 730 every morning. So it's that kind of stuff like that. You just get to enjoy it. It's beautiful to look at every day. Yeah, and I think that nature aspect is something that's so strong in this area too. And obviously Sam Houston Jones State Park benefits from that where alligators – you can see some alligators. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, you mentioned the birds. I think we have nearly 200 species of birds that'll make its way through Southwest Louisiana at any point during yes. the year. And so seeing those things, and then obviously our fishing is great. You know, catfish are plenty there mm-hmm. in the Calcasieu uh, River that kind of runs through. The wildlife has to be such an important aspect for you guys, too, having all of those options to say, hey, you can see this, this, this. And I know for people that don't typically get to, it's an eye-opening experience. It is. And that's kind of one of the the mottos kind of a state parks also is, you know, we protect the people from the resources, but we also protect the resources from the people. When you come out, you will, you will see everything from, you know, yeah, snakes. You see turtles, but you see the wonderful butterflies that are going to all the pollinating flowers right now. It's the perfect time to get out and be able to see everything. I'm ready to go right now, actually. <laughs> Should we wrap this up and head over? I actually went about two or three weeks ago, and we biked all through the park and did the full loop and then went on some of the trails there, sat along the boardwalk. So, I mean, as a community member, you're speaking my language in regards to everything that it truly offers. We've talked a lot about everything that is happening in the park, all of the upgrades, but there's some even cooler things because as a kayaker myself that I've seen come online recently like very recently and that is self-serve kayak rentals right there in the park bayou adventures it has been an amazing partnership with them because that is the whole thing you know it's always you know in 2023 it's always about quickness convenience and a lot of people don't schedule ahead of time you might not know that you want to go kayaking that day so when people come out you come up to that kiosk you download it to your phone you scan the QR code, the door pops open, you got your kayak, your paddles, your life jackets, and there you're in. You can go right into the river right there from the boat launch. You decide if, you know, it's by the hour. Mm-hmm. So they got the single and they got the double ones. It's either 20 or 25 per hour. You stay out as long as you want. And when you come by, you lock it back up and that's it. And it's beautiful right there. The Calcasieu is one of the spots that is on my top must kayak list soon. Yes. Kayaking, boating, because I know we've had several people that stayed in the cabins and they do uh, boat rental from like uh, Lake Erie Adventures, and they'll get they get up purposely early, early in the morning, and they go down the river and go through the lake, and they take a trip out to the Gulf. They go hang, go down to the Gulf, they go eat at a seafood restaurant, and then they come back later on that night. You can't beat that. No. Only in Southwest Louisiana. Yeah, you can stay in a a just glorious, luxurious cabin and have you some good boating time and then come on back and relax. And I'm glad you mentioned Lake Area Adventures and Bayou Adventures because both offer great products, as you were saying, and great avenues for exploration, I think would be the best way to say it uh, in terms of uh, kayak rentals, uh, boat rentals, and those types of things. So Anna mentioned that she went... On, on the bike through some of the trails. You guys are really known, I think, probably the number one resource it feels like that you guys have is how special and how awesome y'all's trails are. I think five total trails, is that we correct? Yeah, five total trails. And a large part of that is the local group Lambo. It's the Lake Area Mountain Bike Organization. They have been instrumental in getting those trails cleaned up and back open. They have cleared, I would say, almost about 60% of that blue trail, which was the longest trail out there at the park. People come out and they're vol- these are volunteers. They are volunteering their time, their services, equipment, out of their own pockets, organizational, and they're getting it done. 
And that shows the passion of what a state park can foster. Very much so. And we are very eager and very ready to get our disc golf back open and going too. So that's one of the next things that are on the list to do is because we have, you know, a group. They have done like the competition courses at a couple state parks up in North Louisiana. They have to finish up those courses and they're going to come down and take a look at what we can do with some of the real estate that's opened up and see if we can get a top course done like that. So it will be new and improved as well, not just restored. It will be new and improved. And it will open up for more visitation and revenue for the Lake Charles area because we'll be able to have disc golf competitions and championships out here at the park. So it'll add a whole nother aspect for the Lake Charles area. We've all thrown Frisbees. Yeah. And so it's just an elevated version of that <laughs> mixed in with a game that you already know in golf. And it it's a lot of fun. It's a great health aspect. It's a great thing to get into. We've discussed so many great things about the park today. I know there's also other events that are coming to the park. That's a big initiative for you all, along with all these other upgraded facilities. And two of those are guided nature walks. Yes. Every uh, third Thursday in the month, we have a guided nature walk with the Southwest Louisiana Naturalists. They come out and she kind of has like a different topic that she focuses on every time. But, um, it's a, yeah, it's really fun to actually go down there because you learn stuff about things that are on the trail that you would never think of. She kind of points out, you know, certain trees, certain ferns, something, uh, wildflower growth, uh, the mushrooms, fungi. I think it was uh, two times ago that you learned what's edible on the trail. And then with it, we, funny enough, in our previous episode, had a guest who was a member of the Dutch, uh, the Louisiana Dutch Oven Society. And every last Saturday of the month, you guys host that club as well. Man, if you have never came to a Dutch oven cooking demo, you have missed it. Yes, the La Chienne cookers come out that uh, fourth Saturday of every month, and they'll come out and they'll start like a cooking demo, like kind of between 9 and 10 o'clock. So you can see how they're actually cooking the dishes within the Dutch ovens using just our charcoal. And depending on what they cook, they put a little more charcoal to the bottom. If they need browning, they put a little more charcoal on the top. I've seen them stack seven pots tall for a Thanksgiving dinner. It's just a whole dinner stacked. And it's an art. Yes, it is. And just so you know, Dutch oven typically is like an enamel-coated cast iron, but a lot of them cook just in straight cast iron already. And there is so much care and so much love that has to go into maintaining a cast iron yes. they, they speak a different language because of of what it takes to create it but man the the products that a cast iron can create unlike any other cooking pot is incredible and the amazing thing is you can they'll show you how to do the cooking you can ask any questions about it this group is awesome because they want to educate people and get more people into it and then at noon they put all the plates on the table, no cost. You can sample everybody's cooking. You can't beat it. You can't. It's it's like a whole Dutch oven buffet. <laughs> on the riverfront at Sam Houston Jones State Park. See, that's stuck. Everybody's everybody's there. What already. could be better? What could be better? And somehow, just like that, we open a conversation with food 
and we close a conversation with food. That wasn't the main topic, but that's how everything <laughs> circles back to around here. We've covered so many great reasons to visit the park, and I know there's many more. Where can people go to book a cabin or get more information about planning their stay? Okay, as far as booking a cabin or booking campgrounds, a pavilion that's available for to rent, you go to gooutdoorslouisiana.com. And you can enter in the avail- the dates of availability that you want to come in. It'll show what is available. Um, they're always welcome to call the front office at Sam Houston Jones State Park. We are overly willing to answer any questions that anybody has about anything. doesn't matter from cabins to campgrounds to trails. The more people ask questions, the more they get to know. And do you all have a Facebook as well? Yes, we do. We have a very active Facebook. So, yes, it's Sam Houston Jones State Park. And you can also look at a lot of things that are posted by some of our visitors on the Friends of Sam Houston Jones State Park. We have a friends group that has been very strong uh, in getting everything going, helping us plan events, doing fundraising. So there's a lot of pictures and a lot of information on their Facebook site also. Well, Tracy, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you today about one of our favorite topics, clearly, which is Sam Houston Jones State Park and how much the state park impacts our community. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank y'all so much. Next time we'll have to do it on site so everybody can hear the sounds of the nature in the background. Specifically on site the fourth Saturday of the month around noon. Oh, yes, with the clanking of Dutch oven going on in the background. Definitely. All right. Thanks again to Tracy for joining us here on the show. And you know what? Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us right here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, can you please leave us a rating or a review or maybe even click that follow button right there, that plus sign that you're looking at on your phone right now. I hope you're looking at your phone unless you're driving. Click that follow sign and follow us here on the show. And each time that you do, it's going to help us be able to continue to bring you exciting stories just like this one today. So head on over to visitlakecharles.org slash podcast for more episodes, where to eat, and of course, events happening this weekend. I'm Anna Strider. And I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks for coming play on Louisiana's Playground. Set you. <laughs>